If you would, remain standing for the reading of God's Word. We'll be in Proverbs chapter 10. If you're using a pew Bible, you can find that on page 533. Proverbs chapter 10, I'll read verses 1 through 4. Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Treasure gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. Yahweh does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Please be seated. Just by way of reminders, we've been walking through Proverbs. Proverbs is an opportunity for us as God's children as we are reading it and studying it. As a picture of as pilgrims, we can stop and we can look around. A wise man once said, Proverbs very seldom takes you to church, but it lets you look into your life to ask questions and to probe and to ask yourself, am I truly living for the Lord? Am I glorifying him with my life? Over and over again throughout Proverbs, the Lord instructs us that fools despise wisdom and instruction while the wise live lives that are disciplined. Those who are wise, they fear the Lord and increase in knowing and doing his perfect will. Fools are wise in their own eyes, while the wise humble themselves before the Lord because they bow themselves before the one who is all wise. Those who are wise, they know that they are weak, while the wise humble themselves before the Lord. The Lord. They fall down before the Lord who is all strong, the one who makes them strong. Last week I taught that the good news of Jesus Christ is the only foundation for eternal wisdom. That for us to be wise, we must be in Christ. We must have had a time in our life, that's past tense, when we have repented of our sins and put our faith, hope, and trust in Christ and Christ alone for our salvation. But today we are looking at wisdom multiplied. Wisdom multiplied. As God's children, we are to see to the care of our own soul. And when we are doing this, we will notice the souls around us. And the souls around us are to be cared for by us. This is wisdom multiplied. Wisdom multiplied is not about seeing people as projects. Nor is about seeing an internal box in which we can place a check mark saying, I have been investing in others. Wisdom multiplied is about the Lord. It is about the increase of his glory. It is about the increase of his kingdom and the love of his good, right, and holy commands. Before we look into what wisdom multiplied entails, I want us to have a clear picture of a foolish and a wise life. As I read the many verses describing the foolish and wise individual, I encourage you to examine yourself, to write down the addresses 
for further study. So we will begin with the fool. Proverbs 1, verse 7, which you've heard almost every week. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, verse 22. Fools hate knowledge. Proverbs 10, verse 18. Whoever utters slander is a fool. Proverbs 10, verse 23. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool. Proverbs 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Proverbs 15, verse 2. The mouth of a fool pours out folly. Proverbs 15, verse 14. Fools feed on folly. Proverbs 17, verse 24. The eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. If you want to put a star next to this one, Proverbs 18, verse 22. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And Proverbs 26, verse 11. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. As a Christian, make no mistake, these things are present in our lives. As these verses were read, you should have been reminded of things by the Holy Spirit of times in your life, times this past week where you and I have played the fool. At times we are foolish people, but they do not define us, nor should they be our pattern. If you are seeing this as a pattern in your life, you are straying, you need to repent. If you are lost, the verses that I just read describe you. You were made in the image of God, but you need a new heart. As an individual who is lost, you hate eternal wisdom. You enjoy doing wrong. You feed on foolishness. You don't see past what your eyes can see. And you love to express your opinion because your opinion is of the greatest value. Psalm 14 verse 1 says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. So if you are a fool, Christ is your only hope. Turn to him, confess your sins, ask him to forgive you and to save you. Now the one who is wise, the one who is wise, Proverbs 1 verse 5, the wise hear and increase in learning. Proverbs 9 verse 9, the wise accept rebuke. Proverbs 10, verse 8, the wise receive commandments. As you remember from our study in Proverbs 1, those who receive is not just someone who hears. They receive it, and they take it with them, and they do it. So the wise receive commandments. Proverbs 10, verse 14, the wise lay up knowledge. Proverbs 11, verse 30, the wise are fruitful, and they capture souls. Proverbs 12, verse 15, the wise listen to advice. Proverbs 12, verse 18, the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 13, 1, the wise hear his father's instructions. Proverbs 13, verse 14, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. 
Proverbs 13, verse 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Proverbs 14, verse 16. The wise turn away from evil. Proverbs 15, verse 7. The lips of the wise spread knowledge. Proverbs 18, verse 15. The ear of the wise here seeks knowledge. The ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Proverbs 24, verse 5. A wise man is full of strength. Proverbs 28, 26. Those who walk in wisdom are delivered from foolishness. In Proverbs 29, 3. He who loves wisdom makes his father glad. For the redeemed, these things are true of us. Many times we fall short, but the Spirit will see to these things in our lives. And as God's children who have the Holy Spirit, we will desire that these things be true in us for the glory of God. So now that we have a clear picture of what it is to be a fool and what it is to be wise, let us look at wisdom multiplied. As God's children, we shouldn't just want to be wise for the glory of God. We should desire that others around us be wise as well. Wise men, women, youth, and children, they want others to have the foundation that we have and to walk the path of Lady Wisdom as we are walking that path. Living a wise life is not just about self. Living a wise life is about multiplication. So over the last few months, I've had many conversations with many strangers. Whether it's been on the soccer field watching my son play soccer, whether it was in Mexico, whether it was on an airplane, whether it was traveling. And almost all of them have informed me that they don't see a need to be active in a local congregation. They have talked with me and they said they don't see the need for the body of Christ. They don't see a need for brothers and sisters who have been gifted by God. They don't understand the importance of seeing together, praying together, and sitting under the word of God being preached. They have voiced that they love God, they just don't love his children. Even within our own congregation, I believe this is true. And at times, this is true in all of us, whether or not we admit it or not. We view Christianity as it's about me and it's not about the family. But the Lord's church loving the Lord is to be done together. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. A few years back, we did a study of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. 1st John chapter 1, it says, Whoever, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. 
And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So God's children have a love for each other. God's children are to have a deep and visible love for each other. If you believe that your love for the body is not to be visible, you do not understand love. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, it says, Let us hold fast our confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promises faithful, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we hold fast to our confession of hope together. We stir up one another to love and good works by being together and not neglecting to get together. I read Joel Beek almost every day. And a paragraph that he wrote this past week has been insightful and very helpful for me every day this week. He said, the Lord is not impressed with worship on Sunday without faithfulness Monday through Saturday. He despises the study of the Bible without obedience to the Bible. He welcomes sinners, but only sinners repenting of sin. He saves believers not for anything in them, but simply for the glory of God's name. We've been reminded of that walking through in Sunday school, Ezekiel. Why did the Lord do this? Why did the Lord do this? Why did the Lord do this? He did it for his name's sake. He did it for his name. He did it for the promise that he made. So let's get practical about wisdom multiplied. Once we are caring for our own soul, which, by the way, that is first and foremost. You must care for your own soul. If you're not taking care of yourself spiritually, you will not care about the spiritual condition of those around you. Simple. Number one, we need to be passing on wisdom at home. We need to be passing on wisdom at home. Proverbs, as well as all of Scripture, informs us of this. Solomon instructed his son, listen to the detailed words that we find. Proverbs 1, verse 8, hear my son your father's instructions and forsake not your mother's teaching. Proverbs 2, verse 1, my son, if you receive my words. Proverbs 3, verse 1, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Proverbs 4, verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction. Proverbs 4, verse 11. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. Proverbs 5, verse 1. My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding. Proverbs 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. Proverbs 13, verse 1, a wise son hears his father in instructions. Passing on wisdom in the home is often seen as if I have time. If I have time to pass on wisdom in my home, I will get to that. In other words, passing on wisdom in the home is optional. It is not primary. It is not really that significant. It can be eliminated. And often, 
things like this are eliminated for entertainment. If it's not your entertainment, it's the entertainment of your children. Christian, anything that the Lord commands us to do should be primary in our life. That's why when we gather together to worship on a Sunday morning, we have enough to do of what God has instructed us to do and how to worship him. Deuteronomy 6, we find the Shema. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. The words you shall are not optional. Now, if you spend a lot of time in Deuteronomy 6 studying the Shema, you've often heard many times over and over again from many pastors, hopefully in churches, that it's your job as parents to train your children. But I want you to look at Deuteronomy 6 from the standpoint of look at what it, how detailed the instruction is. When you rise up, when you lie down, when you're walking along the way, Put them as frontlets between your eyes. Write them on the doorpost. In other words, you shall personally love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when you are doing that, what happens next? You look up and you look around and you see Scripture and God's commands all around you. What do you do after that? You train those in your own household. You see it before your eyes. You keep it in front of you because it is of primary importance. In Ephesians 5, we find wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. As a reminder, wives, you don't submit to any other man. You submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, as himself its Savior. Now, as a church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves His wife loves himself. For no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. And later on in Ephesians 6 verse 4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So the Lord gives us his design for the family, which is on attack in our culture and neglected by most of God's children. The Lord gives us his design for the home. Wives are to submit to their husbands in all things. Husbands are to water their wife in the word of God. He who doesn't do that doesn't love himself. Husband and wife are to bring their children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. 
parents, often this job training your children has often broken down into three main discipleship stages. We see these stages in Proverbs as well. The first is give me your attention. The second is give me your mind. And the third is give me your hand. So for parents, give me your attention. It says this is the discipline stage. You need to get the attention of your children to teach them. Therefore, you give them discipline. If you do not discipline your children, you don't love your children. See, our society teaches the opposite. If you discipline your children, you hate them. Scripture says if you discipline them, you love them. So give me your attention. The second, give me your mind. This is what is known as the catechism stage throughout history. The catechism stage. You teach your children what the word of God says. So you get the attention of your children and then you give them the mind. You give them the knowledge of what they need to know. The third is give me your hand. Just give me your hand. This is a stage where you grab hold of your children and you say, walk with me. You've sat under my teaching You've seen my teaching. You've seen how I've been walking. Take my hand and let me show you how to live to the glory of God. So husband, do not neglect the soul of your wife. Wife, don't fight against the leadership of your husband. Parents, don't neglect the souls of your own children whom God has entrusted to you. Now, if you have a high view of God's sovereignty, which you should if you read the Bible, God is sovereign over the ends as well as the means. He is sovereign over salvation. But the means by which people come to faith is the gospel, which means parents, give your children the gospel. Husband, water your wife in the gospel. Last week I said the Bible teaches that the gospel requires repentance and faith. The same gospel is also the only thing that produces true obedience to God, righteousness, and holiness. It is what the gospel produces. So often with others as well as our own children, we expect from them what only the gospel can produce. I fell in this this past week. My child would do something, and I would say, out loud, why are you doing this? And then internally, I was reminded, of course I know why you're doing this. You're a sinner. You've seen me do it. So often, we look at society, like, why is society doing this? They're sinners separated from a holy God. Total depravity is real, and we need to recognize it. We should not expect from others what only the gospel can produce in their lives. So we give them the gospel. If you don't desire to make disciples, something is seriously wrong with the state of your soul. If you're not making disciples, it's time to start. We need a passing on wisdom in the home. We must be passing on wisdom in the home. Number two, we need to be passing on wisdom within the body of Christ in which we are members of. We need to passing on wisdom within the body of Christ in which we are members of. This is what it is to have meaningful membership. 
to be a member of a local church. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 3. Provide grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So he's addressing pride. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches and is teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So one of the marks of a true Christian is that they use their gifts for the glory of God within the body of Christ. One passes on wisdom. This is wisdom multiplied. In 1 John 4, 21, and this is the commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So loving your brother or sister in Christ is not an idle love. It is an active love. It is an active love of passing on wisdom. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says he, we are instructed about the church. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith. So the body is needed for maturity. We need someone to speak the truth and love to us. We need each part of the body working properly. Passing on wisdom within the body of Christ is too important. And without it, the body will not be built up in love. Number three, we need to be passing on wisdom to our neighbors. God is sovereign, but how many neighbors and coworkers have we failed to know and to love? How many souls has the Lord placed around us in which we have failed to care for because we are so consumed with many good things and possibly too much of self? Just look at your own life. Do you even know the names of those who live around you? Do you know what their struggles are? Have you been praying for your neighbors? Have you been building relationships with your neighbors to get to the point of sharing the good news of Christ and talking about the things of God with those whom our sovereign God has placed around you during this season of your life? Mark 12 one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well, asked, which commandment is most important of all? Jesus said, the most important is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
There is no other commandment greater than these. Communities and cities could be changed if Christians would devote time to loving their neighbors. Knowing them by name, praying for them by name, spending time with them, talking about the Lord, helping them in difficult times. That's one of the things the Lord has impressed upon me, specifically during our sabbatical, spending more and more time with those around me who need Christ. Number four, we need to keep getting wisdom in this life, no matter where we are in the spiritual spectrum of maturity. We need to keep getting wisdom in this life, no matter where we are on the spiritual spectrum of maturity. If you're 12 or 90, if you're a spiritual father or a spiritual infant, as long as you are living, you are to be getting more wisdom. This is to be your pursuit. We listen to wisdom, we receive wisdom, we treasure wisdom, we are to incline our heart to wisdom and to keep calling out for it. We are to pass on wisdom at home, we are to pass on wisdom within the body of Christ, we are to pass on wisdom to our neighbors, we are to keep getting wisdom in this life. If we are to do these four things well, what will that require of us? What does wisdom multiplied Require First and foremost, it requires the correct gospel. In the words of Vody Bauckham, the historical gospel, the God-centered gospel, the Christ-centered gospel, the cross-centered gospel, and the grace-centered gospel, this is the correct gospel. The historical gospel, it has happened in history, what God has accomplished through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Christ, the God-centered gospel. It's not man-centered so often of what we hear preached from pulpits and taught in churches. If you go to a church where they are constantly teaching, the gospel is about you. No, it's not. God-centered gospel, not man-centered As if God is lacking something. God doesn't lack anything. He's God. The glory of God is on display for all to see in a God-centered gospel. The center of the gospel is himself. A Christ-centered gospel. What Christ has accomplished. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. The cross-centered gospel. Our sin deserves the cross. The gospel is what is known as, it is bloody. As in Sunday school, it's not PG. All sin deserves hell and separation from God. That is why Christ had to come. The work of Christ alone saves sinners. In a grace-centered gospel, you and I do not deserve salvation. Salvation is all of grace. Salvation is something that Christ gives, and salvation is something that we don't deserve. If we deserve salvation, then that means you and I have something to boast about, but we don't. Wisdom multiplied requires the correct gospel. Number two, wisdom multiplied requires godly priorities as well as time. Husband. Make time for your 
wife. Wife, make time for your husband. Father and mother, you need to give time to the soul care of your children. You need to give them the gospel. And as Americans, we struggle with this. Don't live to work. Live to glorify the Lord in all you do, not neglecting his good commands. Your time is precious. Make sure you are spending time and spending it for the glory of God and the multiplication of the Lord's kingdom. I'm often reminded of a story that a pastor friend told me his first five years in pastoral ministry. His son was extremely sick, and the other pastor at the church, their daughter, was extremely sick, and the pastor's daughter died. When the pastor's daughter died, he said, he, he said, I learned at a very young age that time with family is not the norm. Time with family is a gift. And we need to precious that. Be thankful for that. Take care of that. And spend our time wisely with what the Lord has given to us. It's not normal to spend time with family. It's a, it's a gift. It is a treasure. It was interesting. On his tombstone for his daughter, he had imprinted, You have not wronged me, Lord. She is yours. If you are a parent in this room, the children that you have, they are not yours. They belong to the Lord. So wisdom multiplier requires the correct gospel. But wisdom multiplier requires godly priorities and a godly use of our time. Number three, wisdom multiplied requires patience and prayer. Be patient with yourself as well as those you are around. Multiplication will never go as you plan for it to go. Never. Never will. As a father, I can speak to this on a daily basis. I'm going to sit down and I want to do family worship, and it's going to go perfectly. We're going to open up in prayer, and after prayer, we're going to go around the circle, and everyone's going to be following along. Everyone's going to be reading scripture. And then after that, we're going to talk about the passage that we just read. It's going to go great. They're going to ask questions. Nope. Not going to happen. Think about it as a husband. Man, I'm going to make time for my wife. I'm going to pour into my wife. I'm going to water her in the word. Nothing's ever going to go wrong. Multiplication will never go as planned. Set attainable goals and push past those goals. Frustration will come. Be patient as the Lord is patient with you. You have today. We don't look at our past failures and dwell upon them. We look in the work and finished work of Christ, and we sit and soak in that. And if we have been given another day by God's grace, we glorify him today with the time that we have. So we pray for ourselves, and we pray with those with whom we are passing wisdom on to. Wisdom multiplied requires patience and prayer. Number four, wisdom multiplied requires instruction and encouragement. We instruct them in the word. It is not just church 
that has fallen into the trap that we don't have to preach the Bible. One of the things I was reminded of on my sabbatical is so often some of these churches I went to, their biggest silence at church was the scriptures. That was their biggest silence because they didn't know the scriptures. They didn't teach the scriptures. If we were to have wisdom multiplied, you must instruct them in the scriptures. So you make time to encourage them and to instruct. A wise teacher will notice the flock and address specific needs. That's what a wise father does. That's what a wise husband does. You ask questions you encourage, and you take notice. You're always ready, like on a mission trip, to be loosey-goosey, meaning you never know what's going to happen. This is our plan, but we might have to stray from our plan. Number five, wisdom multiplied requires perseverance and not apathy. Multiplication is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Don't burn out because you have done things in your own strength. Rest in the Lord. You might never see the fruit that you want to see, and that's okay. One of the things that frustrates me more than anything is when a main teacher, a main pastor gets up and says, the fruitfulness of your ministry will always be seen. That's not true. Your ministry fruitfulness is your faithfulness to the Lord. It's not the results. Your ministry fruitfulness is your faithfulness to the Lord. It's not the results. We trust the Lord. We be open to adjust what we are doing, and we keep passing on wisdom. We keep laboring to multiply wisdom. Look back at Proverbs 10, beginning in verse 1. It says, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Parents who are wise, they labor in teaching their children. And the fruit that their children produce, this will make them glad, or as a parent, it will make them sorrowful. The wise man or woman labors in righteousness. You see, those who labor in the path of lady wisdom, they are satisfied. God cares for them. God feeds them. They're satisfied because of They are in Christ. They are on the right path. Those who labor in the path of Lady Wisdom are delivered from death, and their treasure is never lost. Wisdom's journey and end is righteousness in life, and it will never end. The fool's journey and end is wickedness and death. The fool will never enter heaven. The fool will never be satisfied the fool will always remain hungry and their end is hell where they will live in eternal torment forever, never repenting and never having faith in Christ. You see, the value of wisdom cannot be overstated and the dangers of foolishness are endless. 
Both wisdom and foolishness will impact your life as well as the lives of those around you. That is one thing that we fail to constantly remember. God is sovereign, but if you are a Christian and you are living like a fool, it has ramifications for those who are around you. We must live wise lives by pursuing wisdom for the glory of God. So wisdom multiplied is not about us. Wisdom multiplied is about the Lord. Wisdom multiplied is about the increase of his glory and his kingdom. Which means if we truly believe Catechism Question 1, then we will truly live out Catechism Question 1. What is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. So if we are to glorify God and enjoy him forever, we need to get wisdom and pass on wisdom. Wisdom multiplied is about the love of the commands of God and our obedience as someone who has been redeemed to them. So, saint, we are to be about scattering the seeds of wisdom in this life. We scatter it in our home after after we are constantly pointing ourselves to wisdom itself. We scatter it to our neighbors. We scatter it to those who are around. We don't fail to forget that we must scatter it within the church in which we are members of because you've been gifted uniquely to pass on wisdom to encourage brothers and sisters in Christ to grow up and to mature, and you need to be encouraged yourself. So scatter the seed of wisdom in your life. Labor to multiply wisdom. And the end result, as it says, it is life. We will never lose it. Living a life for anything else but wisdom is foolishness. It will all be lost, and we cannot take it with us. Let us glorify the Lord with the life that he's given us. Pursue wisdom and pass it on. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your holy word that you have given to us. Father, outside of Christ, we cannot be wise. Father, we need help with our priorities. We need help with our time. We need to water our own life in the Word of God and to water those in our own home with the Word of God each and every day. Father, as your children, we were reminded of the grace that's in Christ this morning. And as our sin multiplies, Father, your grace abounds all the more. But we dare not use the multiplication, Lord, of your grace to live in sin. And we use our life for your name and for your glory. And we use our life because we love and cherish your commands, because outside of your commands, we will live a fool's life. Father, thank you for your patience with us this past week. Thank you for your patience that is yet to come. Father, I pray that we would be wise children seeking you, 
resting in you, multiplying wisdom for your name and for your glory. Father, for the lost this morning, save them, convict them of their sin, draw them to you. Show them the true reality that without Christ, they were foolish. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your holy word. May this not be the last time that we spend time in it this week, but just the beginning of abiding in you, abiding in your word, and living a life that is pleasing to you. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.